Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 108, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you all the latest news from the ACHA and AAU college hockey. We are one week away, folks. The summer has flown by. This is the penultimate episode before the season gets underway, and we are looking forward to it oh so much. Collins, you're in the Hockey House right now. I'll throw it over to you first. The season is almost here. I am horned up for it. Collins, I need a little more juice out of you. The juice. I need some juice. We just talked about hockey's back. We're throwing it over to you in the hockey house, and you sound like you're in a library. (laughs) To be fair, after a long team meeting, I'm a little bit drained dealing with rookies. The Cats are back. Hockey is back. Wrapped up our tryouts, and we have our new roster. And team looks good this year, though. We got a lot of good players. And if you were to look at our team purely based off of where everyone went, to high school you'd be terrified to play us i texted murph last night like we have taft avon old farms choate princeton day del barton yeah the list goes on it, pretty much any prep school in on the east coast and yeah so i'm super fired up for this year the, the team is no I, i'm not gonna say it i, I don't want to say any more cliches <laughs> we look good and uh, i'm really excited to head up to oswego in two weeks and you know get this thing going it's been a long summer and i am so happy to be back i mean yeah i'm pumped for you guys no better place to start the season than at oswego that's a sick barn uh we actually we end up talking about it in the interview with the guys from kent state spanier and z later on here really good interview that we're looking forward to herm hockey season is is right around the corner for you and utica i'm sure work is starting to ramp up this time of year we're gonna get back to full-time hours real soon right after labor day weekend we're nine to three right now we're gonna get back to the dreaded nine to five which will for me some days be a 9 to 11 p.m. I'm really excited to get back into the swing of things. Young, creative team, Nick Spina on board. We've got a new director of game presentation coming in relatively soon. Big enhancements on production, and we're looking to have another repeat of a successful year on social. That's a bummer, though. You got to spend more time looking at the bad screen, not as much time looking at the good screen. There is no bad screen, good screen at this point. It is all melded together. You've got red screen as good blue screen is bad it's just purple all the time at this point i never get to turn it off well his screen is pretty much purple at this point so no better time to throw it over to fitzy he's got the leds behind him going the fur to hat he is rearing and ready to go for hockey season he's just got to wait a couple more weeks it's coming up boys we just got our schedule for huntsville training camp and all that good jazz where we're gonna get bag skated i was working in the fed this past weekend free agent camp for bingo here in chicago it's a lot of fun Shout out. I met a lot of people, so I, I don't remember don't remember the names. I did remember the school that we were talking about before the pod. Two goalies that I met this weekend played Rochester. The other one played at Weber State. Weber State was the one I was thinking of. I, I know I said teal, but it's purple. I, I know, Herm. I'm sorry. <laughs> but good good dudes, good dudes. Hopefully, hopefully everything works out for them. They were, you know, put on a, a good show this weekend. Met met a lot of good people. So fun and eventful weekend, and it's all coming up quick here. So excited to get it going good on you fitzy for remembering that because you're right it wasn't no it's a weird pronunciation most people would read that as weber state you remembered weber state there we go purple maybe teal you were thinking 90s colors it's all about purple right now so love it not much on my end it's been a lot of just moving back in getting settled into the place doing a lot of room swaps with my siblings now that i'm home a little bit on the job hunt on the side make some extra cash so we're doing that and at the same time really gearing up for the season i, I know 
know we, we talked about the dog days of summer and it feels like the last couple of days it's been nothing but hockey house pod all day every day because there's just so much going on this time of year so let's jump into it because this week we had a ton of our favorite news is jersey reveals it's like Half of the stuff we post these days is jersey reveals, and it feels like ever since a year ago and the whole trend of on-campus photo shoots started, like there's one a week, and we had a bunch of them this week, so we want to make sure we cover them. First and foremost, a team that was long overdue for a jersey overhaul, and I wish Glick was here. We're going to have to text Glick and get his review of these jerseys because the Temple Owls unveiled a new look, did a... Um, Photo shoot downtown in the city of brotherly love. They got the temple script on the white homes, the road blacks, classic stripes on the arms and the uh, the skirt of the jersey. They got the owl logo on the shoulder. Huge news. They're ditching the white buckets, which was, I think, well, it was a tough look. They had, especially when they had the white buckets with the black jerseys and the maroon breezers and gloves. Just a lot of colors going on. They're going to go with the maroon buckets. And I think if you zoom in a little bit, they're going with a thin black helmet stripe. Helmet stripe seems to be all the trend these days. Looks like they're going with it. Courtesy of the folks of Verbero. One thing that I, and I can't not see it anymore because my sister pointed out when we were doing all these jersey reveals, she was saying like, we should do a video where we rate the footwear that people are wearing in these reveals. And I was shocked to see that they had like three or four guys rocking kicks and they had two guys with their dogs out, just rocking the sandals and the Birkenstocks and the, 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 the photos. Herm is a photographer. Is that like nightmare fuel? Are you like making sure that guy's standing in the back of the photo? I'm getting war flashbacks to getting toasted by Reddit for, uh, the Syracuse photo shoot, the shoes in the photo. So I would like to stay far away from this discussion as possible. Another team that had a really cool reveal, they went around campus as well as High Point. They have two teams this year, AAU Division Two and AAU Division Three. Both teams will wear this uniform. I believe it's a third jersey coming out. Didn't really specify, but it's an all gray look. The grout fit. All gray everything. They're going with the gray shell, the gray tarps, and the gray socks. And they weren't in the photos, but they're going to get gray gloves on the way too. So almost like Kentucky. Kentucky had the gray jerseys with the gray gloves. Panthers in the script. The HPU logo on the shoulders. Synergy Sports took care of these jerseys. I love this set because, you know, you think, oh, like, I don't know, all gray. That might be kind of weird. But they have... The classic college hockey jersey with the school name on the front with the numbers underneath. They have the white ones, the black ones. And, you know, I love when teams just get a third jersey that's a different color from the home and aways. So they fit the bill there. I think it's a great looking set. Another set, too, that I think I talk about the, the traditional college hockey jerseys. Uh, sorry, I'm a jersey nerd. People are like, wow, Murph is getting so in-depth on these jerseys right now. Like, I, I love hockey jerseys. Love UniWatch. Longtime follower of that website. If you haven't already checked it out, they do all kinds of sports fashion stuff for nerds like me. But Texas State unveiled a new set. They're a program that had a tough year last year, and they're looking to bounce back and kind of rejuvenate themselves. They had an awesome jersey reveal video, courtesy of Cam Tapes on Instagram. Kind of a non-traditional college jersey. I say that because I feel like the striping is a little outside the box a little bit of um maybe late 2000s nhl style herm's raising his hand who's got a team in mind it's the buffalo sabers it's the goathead buffalo sabers so it was i i couldn't tell from the photos that i was looking at but it, goathead sabers i actually thought it was the buffa slug saber design at first texas state i mean kind of some unique colors like the 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 dull maroon and the gold but cons i'll let you chime in here even though it's kind of inverted, it looks a lot like the, what was it, 97 All-Star Dallas? 
Yeah, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas had the the late '90s All Star Game jersey that became the Dallas Stars early 2000s jersey. Yeah, like, it's yeah, got yeah, the stripes yeah. and weird weird spots. Yeah. I can see that. Herm, did you want to you want to jump in? No, I was just gonna say that the Buffa slug is a little bit more of like a rounded thing on the body, whereas like there's three distinct portions to the the torso on the the goat head jerseys it, it's just a dead giveaway because i've seen so many teams take that template texas state did it really well though and i think you can do that because the bobcat logo featured on the jerseys boco the bobcat is the mascot at texas state he's featured on the home whites you can't go wrong with the skating mascot logo absolutely love it and then the road has the traditional texas state logo but the I want to say the ears of the bobcat and the logo kind of have that goat head shape to it. So I think it really works really well for them. But, you know, so many college hockey jerseys, we love the traditional striping. And it was just cool to see a team go outside the the box on that one. And I, I think a lot of people were kind of giving them heat for it. But I really like the look for them. The video was sick having the guys like in front of the river. That shot they had. If you haven't already, go check it out. Texas State Hockey on Instagram. They had like the overhead shot of the goalie looking up with the river running behind them. That was a really cool one. So I love that one. Another team. We'll stick with the skating mascot theme. Louisville came out with some new jerseys today. A little bit under the radar. I think we're going to get some photos of this weekend of the jerseys. They said that they were going to do a campus photo shoot as well. But the traditional college hockey, they got Louisville arched with the number underneath and then the skating Cardinal with the hockey stick on top. And I love this one just as much. Definitely a, a cool look. It looks like, hey, oh, Louisville has a hockey team. You look it up. That's exactly what you would picture at home. They got Louisville across the chest. Really good look. Simple striping photos on the way. Going non-traditionalist, we had Delaware's AAU team. Delaware has a bunch of teams on campus. Herm, I'm going to toss over to you because I actually thought that they just put a filter on the photos. I had no idea that these were actually luminescent. My younger brother had a hoodie growing up that had this sort of fabric and he like showed it off with flash photography in the house. He was like, this is the sickest thing ever. I looked closer at the photos and videos. It's the same material. There was a post that made the rounds on social media of like, it's an anti-paparazzi scarf, essentially. It's like you take flash photography and it blinds everything else. I guess Delaware did the exact same thing because it looks really, really cool. Like you can see that it's just that part that's lit up. I'd love to see what this this looks like under actual light and not just flash photography. Delaware has the light show at, at their rink at Fred Russ Arena. And I know the, the AAU team plays a little bit more on the back gold rink, but maybe let's get the big boys on the big rink here turn off the lights, get them hit in the ice. That'll probably look pretty cool. Traditional look, blue hen on the front, thick blue stripes trimmed with yellow. Really good look. I love their jersey set. They have a really good rotation already going, and this fits them. And then one that flew underneath our radar, USF, their women's team, they're taking the ice. AAU college hockey is going division one with women's hockey this year. USF in the mix. They unveiled jerseys for their women's team. They got a fresh new look palm trees like pattern all over the jersey it's exactly what you think a hockey jersey in south florida should look like really cool i think the men's team plays a lot off the bowl mascot and the women's team going more with a south florida feel so really like this one trees predominantly all over the jersey stay tuned because we're gonna have plenty more we've already been talking with some teams who are planning on doing some photo shoots this weekend got stuff in the works so we're gonna get you covered with all that on social media hockey house pod on instagram twitter that's the jersey news that's the lead this week but we got plenty more to talk about in this episode fitz collins like any of the jerseys that we've talked about any ones that stand out to you guys that that are your favorites 
You're going to kill me here. It's pretty sacrilegious for me to like Louisville. I like what they're doing. I'm a fan. Just because I got to play them, it's it's cool to, to see that they're putting together a nice little setup. So I like Louisville's uh, sweaters. I got to go with Delaware. The shoot was the best by far. Yeah, Joshua Dawson did a great job with that. I think it was cool to see some a team doing something very different beyond just like, you know, non-traditional striping doing something. I think innovative wouldn't be the right term, but something unique, which which I thought was really, really cool. I mean, it's so cool. I think jerseys are just such a gateway to like explaining to people what the ACHA is, what AAU college hockey is, because they see, people love hockey jerseys and they see them like, oh, I had no idea we even had a team and that builds interest and it gets, you know, helps with recruiting. And now you're it's 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 really awesome to see that. And jerseys play a big part of that. But switching gears to a more somber note, we wanted to give a shout out to our friends at UNC Chapel Hill. What they went through this week is something that nobody on any college campus wants to go through. And a fatal shooting on campus resulting in the death of a faculty member on Monday. The suspect is in custody, but UNC, their hockey team, put out a message. They said, continue to pray for our students, faculty, friends, and families as we move through this most trying of times. We are all hashtag Tar Heel Strong. We talked to a couple of the guys from UNC, and we wanted to plug in a message from them this week on the episode. On Monday, August 28th, the Carolina community lost an esteemed member of its faculty, Zojia Yan. Dr. Yan was a passionate researcher, educator, and mentor. Tar Heel Hockey's hearts go out to Zojia's daughter and family, colleagues, friends, and those who knew him intimately. It's hard to understand such a tragic and senseless act of violence, which had such vast effects on the entire Carolina community. Tar Heel Hockey would like to express our gratitude to the Campus Police Department, Chapel Hill Police Department, EMT and Fire, and all other agencies that stepped into harm's way to respond to the active shooter incident. They all truly made us feel safer as they cleared buildings and ushered students and faculty to safety. Additionally, we'd like to thank all of the ACHA programs that reached out to us to show their support and send their thoughts and prayers to our community. Coach Dowda addressed the team at tryouts last night in our first meeting since Monday's events and expressed his concern for us and his thankfulness that none of us were physically harmed. He reminded us of the brotherhood we shared and to lean on one another as we worked to process the experience we endured. Coach stressed the importance of family, and as we move forward with one less tar heel, the best way to respond is to keep doing the things we love, pursue our passions on and off the ice, and tell those closest to us that we love and care about them. As we look forward to our season opener on September 8th, we do so in remembrance of Zojia Yan, thankful for his contributions to our community and the impact he had on so many, both personally and professionally. Tar Heel Hockey is a family, and we are proud to represent the same university as Dr. Yan. Together with our classmates, alumni, and faculty, we are Carolina strong. Thank you, boys. And just a reminder, their home opener is going to be on Saturday, September 23rd at home against Kentucky. That's going to be a huge matchup in the ACHA M2 Southeast region. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to the UNC community coming together in these trying times. Herm, let's throw it over to you. This photo competition, it's getting towards the end here. We got a lot of good photos that are getting voted on and the engagement is through the roof. We're heading into the semis tomorrow. We have had some spectacular submissions from all across the country. We are working on the back end right now to get the judges' choice category done in time, hopefully for a Saturday, Sunday-ish release as well. I'm just so overwhelmed with the response. It's been a lot, a lot of work. Murph and Collins have seen the spreadsheets and 
how insane it looks on Qualtrics. And I will re- release a public facing version of the bracket. It's so, so cool to see the response that it's gotten from not only the photographers, but the teams consistently resharing it the players that are in the photos. It's a one-of-a-kind competition in the hockey space right now. So excited to to wrap it up this year and to go even bigger and better for next year. It's been really fun to watch. A lot of cool photos. Honestly, it has me really excited for this season because it's like we're going to see some photos during the photo spotlights during the week that photographers share with us and then we get to repost. And it's going to be like, is this a photo that's going to win? Like, we're going to keep an eye on that. Kind of like we do with Jersey of the Year. Every time a jersey gets unveiled, it's like, ooh, is this the best jersey that's going to be revealed? So we'll keep an eye on that. If you're keeping an eye on a place to coach in the ACHA, you might want to point your eyes towards Northern Michigan. They are looking for a head coach at the women's division two level, help save their season. More information is available on their Instagram page, but we want to make sure the women at Northern Michigan have the opportunity to play this season. And they're going to need a coach to be able to do that. Cornell in other news is launching an AAU division two team. The big red, not only field varsity NCAA teams, but they field an AAU division one team starting this year and they must have had such an overwhelming response at tryouts or submissions on their website that they are building an AAU division two team so that'll be really good a lot of teams in that upstate New York region and they'll have plenty to choose from something really cool today I didn't have on my right radar I'd actually heard that this is a rumor I don't even know if this is new but the Liberty boys walked into the locker room after practice today to just a sea of Nike Jordan gear pretty much every club hockey player's dream to walk into a locker room after practice and not only have apparel waiting for you not only have apparel with your logo on it but apparel with your logo and the Jordan brand featured on it as well so Collins you know what I went through at Syracuse all the logo stuff and how hard it is to get apparel what would you do if you walked into the Villanova locker room after practice and saw some Jordan swag I think I would be pretty hype I mean it's a lot different how you and I do it where we have to go through and basically set up a team store everybody orders the stuff and it just gets shipped to their house I think it's great I mean we saw we see it with Niagara too when they get their apparel day and they get all their their helmets gloves all that stuff waiting in their locker before uh, the first practice So I think it would be sweet. But surprisingly, though, I'm helping with setting up the team store for this year. It's not hard to get Jordan stuff. It's really easy. It's sitting right next to the Nike stuff on the BSN or East Bay team store. It's not hard. One thing I did like about Q's that we started to change over the years, we we started with like the team order form where it's like, you know, if you're a rookie on the team, you have to order these things. But returning guys who already have that, you can order whatever you want from the store. It shifted my junior and senior year to like the first day after tryouts, you showed up and there was a bag with all of your apparel everything you need for the year was already made and ready to go. But every year too, there was always like, like the hoodies got back ordered or like the dry fits got back ordered. So it was, as much as it stunk, like not having that there on day one, it was cool to show up to a random practice in late October. And like everybody had a new Nike long sleeve. So whether you get your apparel in August or you get your apparel in January, it is still a very exciting time, no matter what level of club hockey you're playing at, but really cool to see that from Liberty and comment of the post though, goes to Kyle Husiak, former, Embry Riddle player, we got keychains once. Those boys are flying planes now, so I hope those keychains are getting a lot of work. Mention Liberty, a team that Liberty is going to have to face this season, and a team I was actually going to add to the notes, and I just didn't really know how to add it. They have been putting some stuff out on YouTube, some training camp footage. This Maryville team is looking to make some noise. Their M1 team, they finished last year at number nine. I don't think they got the result they wanted at the national tournament, didn't go as far as they thought. Lost to an Indiana Tech team that, you know, went toe to toe with Minot State. So 
an overall really good season for the Saints. But of the 14 student athletes joining the program, 11 are freshmen. And then there's three transfers coming in. Those transfers include Hunter Flores from Iowa State, Josh Olson from Missouri State, and Kyle McNair from Lawrence University, NCAA D3. They're bringing in a lot of young guys. I watched the training camp video. They got a lot of young guys still wearing visors in practice, which is a big league move. They not even tossed it on the cages yet, still rocking the visors. I don't know if those are vets or young guys, but you got to respect that move. And I think Maryville is looking to take a huge step. I saw they open their season up at McKendree. They're going to play Iowa State, who's making a return. They have a really loaded schedule. Honestly, that's on my radar for schedule reviews is to do a Maryville schedule review because they might have one of the toughest schedules in all of college hockey. I'll throw that up against any NCAA teams with tough schedules. They got a tough one. They're playing in a lot of exciting places this year. So we'll have to do a schedule review for them. But in the meantime, we got to give an Instagram update. Just like apparel, there's always issues with social media. And we had some teams on Instagram lose their accounts. So we wanted to make note that Oklahoma is back on Instagram. You can find the Sooners at OU Sooners Hockey on Instagram. It's a bummer, though, because we had some really cool photos from Michael Signoli, who photographed the puppy running around on the ice after their inter-squad scrimmage the other night. Very cool photos. Be sure to check those out on Instagram. We talked about the Cardinals earlier, but Louisville is back on Instagram as well. You can find them at Louisville HKY on Instagram. Michigan Women's Hockey, they got their account taken away. They're trying to find it. Feel free to follow them on Twitter for now. They're trying to release their schedule on Friday, so hopefully Instagram is back and working for them again. Do you know who is not missing their Instagram account anymore? Our friends at ACHA Hockey. So be sure to follow at ACHA Hockey on Instagram. Give the league a follow. We got the account going again. We teamed up with the ACHA. No reason why one of the top leagues in all of college hockey should not be on Instagram. So we got that back up and running. Thousands of followers over the first couple of days that we helped them get that up and running again. So be sure to follow that. As always, be sure to follow friends over at AAU College Hockey too. We cover both leagues. We do it all. So good to see both leagues active on social media once again. So exciting times in the college hockey world and it's a shame because there's two hockey communities that were hurting this week and we want to send our condolences over to our friends at calvin and stony brook former calvin goalie trevor boardway passed away earlier this week in a tweet from the team it read trevor was an amazing person incredible father and spouse and a leader in the community rest in peace boards we love you and miss you and then on the Stony Brook side, the Seawolves released a statement on social media Saturday night after the passing of Stony Brook alum Michael Kowicki. I actually remember playing against him because Stony Brook has the name tags on the back of the jersey. So I remember all those names that played against. I didn't have any any interactions with Kowicki, but Stony Brook on social media said that the Stony Brook hockey family is heartbroken by the passing of Seawolf alumna Michael Kowicki. Mike was an important member of the team both on and off the ice playing defense for the Seawolves from 2016 to 2020. Our thoughts are with his family during this very difficult time. So we want to send our condolences to those two programs, thinking about them, thinking about the guys at UNC right now, just some some tough times during a very exciting time of the season. So we're wishing them nothing but the best and got some stick taps this week. I want to get your guys thoughts because we've seen a couple of these over the last couple of weeks. Michigan came out with their rings for the ACHA M3 championship. West Virginia came out with their rings for the ACC title. And then Sioux College, we love the Sioux, ACHA Women's Division II National Champions. They got their rings in. And I think of the three rings that we've seen in the last month get released, they might have the best ones. Herm, I'll throw it over you because when you saw this, you were like, oh my gosh, like we got we to gotta get this up. The video, the hype video for them too, unreal. Great production, really showcased the beauty of it. I was floored when I saw it come up on my feed. 
Fitz or Collins, not trying to flex on any of you guys. Have you guys ever gotten a championship ring? Like, did you ever play on any teams growing up that decided to get rings? Or is that just like not, was that out of the question? The only ring I got was a uh, participation ring in uh, Cooperstown, New York, Little League Baseball. There we go. I won two state championships and didn't get a ring. So, and I didn't even get my high school class ring. High school class rings weren't that much of a thing. I remember some of my friends at Syracuse were getting the class ring and I was like, I'm not, it's like, I'm not getting that. Like, I don't, I don't know what, I didn't win anything at Syracuse. Certainly didn't win that many hockey games. So I'm definitely not getting a, a class ring, but my junior high school, when we won the state championship for hockey, we fundraised to get rings and that was pretty cool. Couldn't tell you where that is right now, but it looked really cool on my shelf for the time that it was on display. Fitzy's digging for this Cooperstown ring. Still fits, Fitzy? There she is, boys. There we go. I don't know if you can read it. It says Cooperstown. It's just got a little red, uh, little ruby in there. It's not half bad. I mean, for my only ring, pretty all right. Yeah, there we go. That's something to hang your hat on. Well, Herm, we got plenty of teams out there who are looking to chase championship rings this season. And call your shots here. We got Zach Malaski from our friend Lore DiMartino. An assist to Lore on this one. Salisbury is coming in hot this year. You heard it here first. Great looking uniforms for the Gulls, though. So I'm pulling for them. I hope it's a good year. But Herm, what's what's your take this season? I saw an article on the ACHA homepage about how you Mary is going to get started this year. I know that I was proven wrong very loudly by the St. Thomas guys last year. So I'm not going to go completely insane with it, but I said I would be stunned, absolutely stunned if you Mary finishes anywhere lower than number three in the MCH this year. I, I had I had to marinate in that because I feel like I feel like that's a pretty safe pick, no? Like you got to think Illinois State, Jamestown, you marry, right? Like, yeah, it's absolutely a safe pick. I don't want to get chewed out by another team again. A little vanilla. We'll hold off on the toppings for now, but we got a very good interview. Like I mentioned, Z Shay. The boys from Kent State, as always, this one's brought to you by OptumX Sports. OptumX provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. And the best part is these guys know club hockey. So be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at OptumXSports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. Their new feature has us really excited. It's been in the works for a really long time. Adding the team store is huge to your club. We talked about team apparel tonight. If you want your players wearing apparel, if you want your fans wearing apparel, the best thing that you can do is set up a team store through your OptumX site. So head over to OptumXSports.com to learn more. And now let's turn it over to our guests, Kent State legends, Shea Spanier and Zach Zarecki. We're pleased to be joined by former Kent State goalie Shea Spanier and current Kent State captain Zach Zarecki. Shea, Z, welcome to the Hockey House Pod. Thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. I've been a pretty avid listener for the last couple of years now. So we're psyched to have you guys on. Like you could argue that Kent State might be the birthplace of the Hockey House pod because that's where I played my first ACHJ game. Maybe we got to get a plaque in the arena pretty soon. Yeah, we're going to take that credit. Uh, that's for sure. I, that was a fun weekend when we split you guys together, uh, when you're at Q's. We'll dive into that in a bit, but I want to hear like what you guys are up to. Shay, you just signed a contract, right? Yeah. So I signed a contract to play in the EOSHL, the Eastern Ontario Super League. It's a senior league up in Canada. I'm looking to get back into playing pro uh, in the US or Europe, whatever. So this is kind of like a spot where I'm going to start the year and hopefully move up. I'm in a good situation. I'm happy. 
So I'm really excited to join the team. I joined the team the day after the second game against Kent for Team Israel. So it's a lot of traveling. <laughs> there we go. We'll dive into the, the Kent-Israel matchup too. But Z, I want to get uh, your thoughts here. Classes have already started for you. What What is that like? Yeah, I'm doing grad school now. So a little bit different than undergrad. All night classes, which is nice though. Everyone's back on campus. We had our first official practice yesterday and we're just ready to get after it. We have a really good group of guys this year. A lot of freshmen come in. I think we have 11 freshmen. Pretty crazy. Z, we got to talk about it. They did you absolutely dirty on social media with the first day of school picture. I know the the first day of 17th grade. Crazy to think about. Like it was I was out of high school eight years ago or something like that. I, I got such a good laugh out of it. The, the photo is you holding up the chalkboard sign. First day of 17th grade, age 25, height 5'11". That is just, you got to wear that on your sleeve. Yeah, I mean, I'm here for one more year. I might as well own up to it and make the most of it, you know. Were the boys psyched when they found out you were doing a grad year? Yeah, everyone was kind of talking to me the whole year about it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I was student teaching second semester last year. And I wasn't able to like practice with the guys at all. I was only able to make it one day a week. So it just wasn't really enjoyable to end my hockey career like that. So decided to do grad school, come back for one more year. That's awesome. And I saw on the sign too, it says you want to be a coach when you grow up. Are you, When you're going to grad school, like what what are you looking to teach in the future? So I did my undergrad, I did middle childhood education, I did language arts and social studies. And now with grad school, I'm doing sports admin to get more of a look at like the sports side of things. So I think that's pretty cool. My classes are awesome. Like I'm in sport law, like just sounds so interesting and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. That sounds like you're going to make a really good athletic director someday with that combo. Yeah, that'd be nice. Like I would take that, like go watch sports all the time, help run things. Be cool. All right, now we get, we got to shift gears. This is like the real reason we want to get you guys on here. Shay, walk us through. We got an exhibition coming up here between Kent State and the Israel Selects of the IEHL. The Selects are kicking off a tour with a stop at Kent State September 8th and 9th. Little exhibition before the Golden Flashes get going. You've been over to Israel to play before. Like, how did this exhibition come to be? Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't play in the IEHL this summer. It just time wise, it just it just didn't work out for me this summer, but the league was having a little bit of struggles recently this past summer. It took a really big step the second year of the year I played. In the third year, it didn't take as big of a step. And a lot of guys had complaints. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I do something to help the league? No one's really doing anything to help. I stepped up, and now I'm like an employee of the league, like a spokesperson. I gave him a 12 slide powerpoint presentation on how he can improve the league and what other junior leagues do, like their model and how he can be able to make this more professional and part of what we talked about was having a tour team because last year they did that in Finland against semi-pro teams so I was able to come on on board doing that and then I started reaching out to schools and the very first school I reached out to was Kent State because well I played there and it was the easiest school for me to get in contact with and I thought Cleveland would be a good city to travel to it's very easy airport to get to its central Kent's about 45 minutes south of the airport so I thought it'd be a good first stop since scheduling this game with Kent State we've scheduled another series with another school we're about to close two outdoor games so it's starting to pick up it's starting to move we got schools reaching out to me from all over even I got an email today from Syracuse so I'm really excited to get in talks with them and try to get a game if not for this year next year so this is going to be a common occurrence every year we're going to play senior teams in different schools across us help raise money for the league and be able to make the league more professional 
Yeah, we were following along this summer because there's plenty of uh, ACHA guys and AAU guys who went overseas and were playing in Israel this summer. Walk us through the setup of the league. Like, why was it created? It seems like a lot of guys with either Jewish heritage or maybe want to go overseas for the summer. Like, how do guys end up playing in that league? Yeah, so I think it's very similar to the AIHL. Obviously, it's not to the skill level of that yet. I mean, Israel's a beautiful country. Tel Aviv is so nice. So there's not like a lot of hockey there, obviously. So they want hockey so they can get better and develop. So there's a guy over there. His name is Tal. He's uh, the commissioner of the league. He worked with like a lawyer in New York who's Jewish on making this league. So guys with Jewish heritage from the US or even all over the world can come over and play and stay fresh and have something going towards them for next season, kind of like what they do in Australia. And now we're getting to the point where we got guys from the OHL coming, guys with KHL experience. It's a very mixed bag. There's a big gap between the top and the bottom. So try to narrow that gap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now there's eight teams. We're looking to add another division to help grow and put more players in it. It's, it's moving. <laughs> When you went over there last summer, which team did you play for? I played for the Haifa Mariners. I didn't play a lot, though, because I tore my MCL after the third game. I had two bad games. I was playing good the third game, and then I tore my MCL. But <laughs> no, it was, it was still a great experience. I mean, I was hanging out with Nathaniel all the time, my best friend from college. We played together at Kent, too, and we went over together. And I even brought our old equipment manager with us, Justin. So it was us three in the this tiny little studio apartment in downtown Tel Aviv. Do a lot of guys go over there and incorporate their birthright trip into this? Because I know that's also a big part. A lot of, you know, kids with Jewish heritage in college, they'll spend the summer doing their birthright trip over in Israel. Not exactly. I know that old equipment manager, Justin, he did. He did birthright first and then he jumped over to this. With birthright, you're kind of on their schedule. You're kind of doing what you kind of have to stay as a group. So it doesn't really work out like that. This is more for you're looking to play hockey. You're looking to travel, stay for in the summer you could skate three times a week and be able to explore the country so as you play in the IEHL there's different tours of Israel you can attend so there you can go to the Dead Sea you can go to Jerusalem you can go up north to the Golan Heights there's a lot of spots in Israel that's really historic and really important not even to just Jewish people so like a lot of I wouldn't say a lot I would say maybe like 30% of the league, 40% of the league is not even Jewish. Like we have a guy uh, that's playing on the, the tour team right now. His name is Richie Hayward. He played at Concordia Ann Arbor. He, that's a Catholic school. He's a pretty religious Catholic. You know, he's got tattoos of crosses on his arms and he loves Israel. He's going back for a fourth year next year. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. L love that. I mean, it seems like a great place to play hockey in the summertime. It was a lot better than playing in some of these cities where it's negative 10 in December and you're getting on a bus, a 24-hour bus ride in the Fed. So <laughs> I would pick Israel over you know, those long bus rides for sure. Well, speaking of, of cold weather in the wintertime, we'll throw it over to Z. Z, you're born and raised in Ohio. You end up going to Kent State. Kind of walk us through your hockey journey briefly and what led you to decide to go to Kent State. My first like, couple of years of like, AAA, played for the Cleveland Lumberjacks. My teen year, we were like awful. The worst team in the country. We went 0-48 and like 6. We didn't win a single game until the bad division of the playoffs. Kind of a rough year. I played like one more year after that. And then my parents were like, we're not paying for this anymore. It's not worth it. You're playing high school. So I played high school hockey at my hometown, Avon, Ohio, which everyone, if I go try out places, they're like, oh, Avon Old Farms? I'm like, no. Just Avon. I had kids on my team that were like just learning how to skate. I kind of lit it up for two years, but like it wasn't the best hockey. It was fun. And then moving on to juniors, I decided to stay close to home. I had a younger brother. I think he was like four or five at the time. So I didn't really want to go anywhere too far. 
So I just went to Worcester, Ohio. It was about an hour away from me. Two years of juniors there. Talked to a few D3 schools. Nothing worked out. Was like, all right, Canada's. I didn't even like tour the campus or anything. I've just been to the ice rink before. Pretty nice. I liked the coach. Um, I liked talking to Nowak, who is our coach now. He was like the recruiter that brought us in. And I was just like, yeah, I mean, nowhere else to go. So Kent. And now did you contemplate? You were pretty good at, at track and field in high school as well. Did you contemplate doing that in college? Yeah. Like, so I was deciding my senior year of high school, like, do I even want to go the junior out and like keep playing hockey? I had a few like D3, D2 offers for track. And I was like, I don't really want to run. It's not that enjoyable. I thought about it for sure. It was like, I was okay at it. What was your event? I was a 800 mile guy, little distance runner. It was funny too, because like I played AAA my first two years of high school and then just came in like as a junior and running like cross country track. I was just so much bigger than all these like little skinny cross country kids that I think they're all kind of scared of me. Yeah, Z, I don't know about that. I've seen you run. I don't think you're running 800 miles anytime soon, buddy. Uh, not not anymore. <laughs> I do, I do want to maybe try and run a marathon one day. Yeah, I'm definitely not as fast as I used to be. Shay, you you grew up in Vermont. I mean, that's quite the journey to end up at Kent State. Like, walk us through your hockey career. Yeah, so I actually didn't really grow up in Vermont. I moved eight times growing up. My dad does sports radio. Uh, now he does a national show for Fox on weekends. So growing up, I lived in Los Angeles, Arizona, Texas, New York. I just, not in that order, but I just moved around all over the place. Was playing AAA down south in Texas, and I got recruited by a prep school when I was in seventh grade, the GOAT of Vermont. When I was living in New York, I was playing at a different school, and it just wasn't a good fit. So I reached back out to the coach over there, and he was like, yep, we still want you. Come on over. And I ended up playing prep for two years at Rice. Murph, I don't know if you remember, but we did play against your old prep school too. But I don't know if you were there yet. Yeah, I got to check on uh, Elite Prospects. What year were you there? I was there 2014, 2016. Oh, uh, yeah. So you were you were before my time, which is really funny because like Bridgeton is all PGs. So like yeah. you were like, what, 16 playing against like 18 and 19 year olds from Bridgeton? Yeah, it was funny because we had this kid on our team named Kyle Haskins, my junior. He ended up playing at Michigan State. And it was just funny to think about you guys were 95s and he was 2000, just making ev- He was the best player on the ice. He was making everybody look dumb. My first year of juniors, I ended up playing at the South Shore Kings. I played there the whole year. And then my second year of juniors was kind of a gong show. I played for four teams in three months. The OJ, the Goge, and then I got traded to Brockville where I immediately got sent down to the junior B team. And they were really bad. So any NCAA like looks I did like kind of went away. And I really started looking more into the ACHA because my dad working in sports and looking at like seeing all these schools and their environments was like, I don't want you going some small school in the middle of nowhere that no one's ever heard of. I want you going to like a bigger school. So he was pushing me. He would send me links all the time to like UNLV hockey, Iowa State. I remember he would text me like, hey, give this coach a call. He's ACHA and he would send me their number. And I ended up just calling the coach at Kent because my dad was kind of pushing me to it. And I really liked the conversation. I went out for a visit and I loved the campus. So that's how I ended up picking it. That's an, I mean, that's exactly, it's like the definition of the hockey house pod. It's cool that your dad had that exposure. Like he was seeing all these really big time schools. It was like, I'm no way is my son going to go to a small liberal arts school and focus on, on division three hockey. But you did bring up juniors. And I want to ask about this uh, laundry scandal that you had in juniors. Was that in Brockville? What happened was I was the only 20-year-old on the team. So sometimes it was a grumpy old man about things. And when I got to the house, 
there was, you know, like when you go to a laundromat, you put the coins in, you go like, and they take the coins. So it was two dollars to wash my laundry, and so I didn't want to pay, obviously, because I'm living there. My teammate was dating like this girl's friend, so I would go over to her, the friend's house, and what I would do is do laundry at their place. And my billet dad, Jesse hate that guy. He would be like, nope, you're not doing it. You're doing it at the house or you're in trouble because I came home like 20 minutes after curfew. Remember, there's six of us living at this hockey house. So it was like even getting the laundry was like impossible. Plus, he's like the equipment manager. So the jerseys are always going everything. What I started doing was I took the laundry machine and I like would pull it down like where it's almost touching the ground or it's like standing on two legs. And I would shake the tray where all the, the loonies were and they would stack up and I'd pluck them out put them back in, recycle them so I didn't have to pay for a load. And they ended up catching me with the, the washer like tilted like super far. So then I get a phone call from the GM of the team like saying I'm stealing money, like I'm doing all these things. So he suspended me for two games. And then he like called my mom and tried to accuse me of stealing team sticks in September, but I didn't get traded till November. So it was like impossible for me even to steal the sticks. So it was a whole thing. I got in like a bunch of trouble and I, I couldn't go back up to junior A because he was telling everyone I was stealing money and sticks from the team when I wasn't. Yeah, that's how I ended up playing the whole year at junior B. That is so brutal. Like all the jokes about like getting traded for a washing machine, like you actually got sent down over a washing machine. Like I started the year junior A and I went to Brockville Junior B because they already had an America on Junior A. And I know there were teams that put in trade offers for me because I would hear about it. And they wouldn't trade me because they didn't they have a goalie to place my spot. And finally, the, the GM of the team was like, you know what? Like, if you really want to leave, I'll send you out. And then two weeks later, I got stuck on that team because uh, I didn't want to pay for my laundry. So I guess pick your battles. You wouldn't have lasted a second at the Syracuse Hockey House. We were paying a dollar fifty per load of laundry. That we were we were getting absolutely hosed on that. But Z, you actually got suspended in juniors too. Why don't you tell us about that story? Yeah. So my only suspension I've ever gotten. Like if you look at my EP, like you'll see my PIMS every year. It's like two minutes, four minutes. That year it was like ten or twenty. We were at a USP showcase in Boston. At, I don't remember the name of the range. It's the one with the eight sheets. Yeah. So we were there probably on like the seventh sheet. No one watching. And we're playing some random team from like Maine. And in the middle of the game, like things are getting pretty chippy. There was a kid on the other team who uh, his sister went to high school with one of my buddies from my junior team. The kid on my team like likes to get in people's heads. He's kind of a rat. Um, He just kind of said something about what he may or may not have done with his sister. And uh, the kid jumped him in the handshake line and just all hell broke loose. Everyone just kind of grabbed a guy. I like hopped on trying to pull the kid off my body. Yeah, I didn't know I was suspended until I was dressed for the next game, going out for warm-ups. And my coach is like, hey, you're suspended. I'm like, oh, well, that's tough. Honestly, I think that's the only game I've watched in the stands. Like in my life. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah. kids can be lethal when, when it comes to high school sisters. Yeah. I mean, I don't really try and uh, go after people's families. I feel like that's kind of a line you might not want to cross, but. All right. Well, so now, now you guys are at Kent State here. I want to know, Shay, you were there first. So walk us through like your welcome to the ACHA moment, fall 2018. Oh, oh my gosh. I remember we were playing Oswego State. It was my very first college start. And they were running a promotion that weekend. I was dressed like a seat night. And I remember we were winning 3 nothing halfway through the first period. The shots were 10 to 0 us. And the guy just ripped it on the ice on me. And I just made like an easy stick save up into like the netting. And our whole bench like 
went crazy because it was like my first ever save. But there's like 3,000 seats and there's absolutely no one in the crowd. I think we won three to one, but it was just kind of like welcome to the ACHA, just playing this big barn with like 14 people are there and eight of them were workers. That's a good barn though. Like it's got great lighting, lots of seats, decent locker rooms. It depends on which one you get, which one the NCAA teams aren't using. I mean, when we played them on like a Thursday night and the Deb is what they call it. It's like in the middle of campus. It's like their student center. So like we would get like the stragglers who come in and are like, oh, there's a hockey game going on and they got a, oh a decent God. crowd. But I, I can imagine uh, they must not get on their feet for Kent State in town. It was the second game of that weekend. And I think the game was at like three o'clock on the Saturday. So it was like the play-by-play guy, like a few girlfriends, and that's about it. I made a penalty shot save. That was that was cool, but I ended up getting like 11 shots, and that was like my first start. And then I didn't get my first home start until I played against you my sophomore year. Gotcha. And then so your sophomore year, Z's freshman year, Z, what was your welcome to the ACHA moment? So I would say like one of our first practices, we have two nets set up behind the goal line like facing each other, and we're doing two-on-two. You have to stay below the goal line. And like, I didn't come in, like I'm a pretty, like not the grittiest. I was kind of a skilled guy in juniors and I just see two of our bigger guys just, they're not even going after the puck. They're just tackling each other behind the goal line. I'm just like, what am I like getting myself into right here? Just like a good old fashioned Oklahoma drill behind the net. That's what it was. Honestly, it was like our six, four kid and our six, three kid just not even playing the puck at all. You have a memory from your freshman year where you're having a little trouble with the D zone uh, in practice and coach coach came over and helped you out. Oh yeah. So we were, uh, you know, just doing a normal D zone drill and apparently I was just gliding out of position. I was caught puck watching a little too much. And he blows the whistle that he screams at me and he's like, you know what? I'll show you where, where to go. And he just grabs me by my pants and drags me around from spot to spot on the ice that I'm supposed to be in. I think after that, though, I don't ever think I messed up the D zone again. So there we go. Just needed a couple extra lessons. Now we're like lined up with when I made my way to Kent State for the first time. Like pretty cool. Like, again, you get the opportunity to play at a, a school that has a rink on campus, which is cool. And, and you guys are very lucky to have that was just like blown away by the production. I think Friday night, you guys got a really good crowd. You guys end up beating us in overtime that night. There's a couple things that I remember from that. Not only did you guys win in overtime, but the goal song that night was Gasolina. And it was just like bumping from the sound system. Who who picked that? I need to know. I think that was there from like even before my time. I, we were actually talking about goal songs today at practice because we want to change it up this year. We don't know what we're going to go with yet. Yeah, I think they had it for quite a few years before we got there. But honestly, I kind of liked that one. I wouldn't be opposed to going back to it. I think Gasolina, it was picked before, but I remember my software, we were going to change it to Magic Stick by Lil' Kim, but I got vetoed by Jim's wife. Jim Jim Underwood was our old head coach who now works at the rink. The other thing, too, is the broadcast was electric. Like, next day, like, we're in the hotel, like, going over the film from the night before. Kent State had just gotten, like, a huge donation for the broad, like, re-upping the broadcast and like having all the the cameras and you know the whole crew there and those guys did an awesome job it was like honestly it was like listening to a podcast and having them call a hockey game at the same time we've gotten really lucky with the broadcasting school like at ken steve albert he's the announcer that called the mike tyson earbite fight went to kent state he actually started kent state hockey just because he wanted to announce the games like in the 70s so he donated a bunch of money and we've gotten really lucky with the past two broadcasters that we've had. Like the one from this past year, 
just got an internship with the Pens, which is pretty sick. So we don't know how many games he'll be calling, but he said he's going to try to get as many as he can. This might have been like just after she was trending, but I think it was like that summer was when like Kent State Gun Girl was like a really big deal. And I just remember like guys on our team were like loading up on the Gun Girl chirps. So I had a question like, is there like, what's like the most popular chirp you get playing at Kent State? I would say what you said in the text earlier, that Kent Reed, Kent Wright, Kent State thing. I feel like that oh, pretty, yeah. that goes around pretty often. Me personally, like this year, I'm expecting a lot of age chirps. So uh, we'll see how the year goes. Oh, the chicken. Um, like when we wear all our jerseys that are yellow. Well, I remember when we played Calvin my freshman year, they played like the chicken dance song or whatever when we were scouting guys to the third. So people chirp us about our all yellows. I remember getting that one a few times. Because I feel like most of your schedule are like teams kind of in the Midwest area. But I feel like maybe because the guys on Cuse had never been to Ohio before, that seemed like there was a lot of like Ohio chirps, like, you know, about just like Ohio not being a fun place. But like, what do you got? What are some of your favorite things to do at Kent State? Like as an outsider who might, you know, someone might be disrespecting Kent State. Like what's what's a really good thing about Kent State? Kent State's just honestly such a great place. Like the winners are kind of tough sometimes, but like, I can't imagine the worst in Syracuse or anywhere in New York for that part. The campus is beautiful. Like there's so many parks around in the area. If you want to like go on a hike or anything, the nightlife in Kent's pretty good. The campus is so great. Just the surrounding area, like in Ohio, like we have Cleveland 40 minutes away, Pittsburgh, like two hours away. Columbus is a couple hours south. So nothing to go like too far to make like a little weekend trip or anything on campus. Like it's just all the guys are just hanging out all the time. Like, we have a good location for our hockey house. It's like by all the frats and stuff. So it's not bad. And one thing too about Kent is every sporting event, students get in for free. So I remember my freshman year, I went to a lot of the uh, basketball games. So I got to see Kent State versus Akron basketball, which is like a really big matchup. I got to see when University of Buffalo came to Kent my freshman year. And at the time they were top 25. So I remember the arena was absolutely packed. There were like 5,000 people. I think I ended up going to like six basketball games my freshman year I always try to hit the sporting other sports because it's just fun to you know you got class with these guys too so it's fun to like go support each other and do all that and as he said like the nightlife in Kent's pretty good it's like a really cool college town when you go to downtown Kent there's a lot of cool restaurants and you know bars you can go to with the boys and it's a good place to hang out and, and the hockey house is obviously a lot of fun good locations you're all the other frats so you end up becoming friendly with everyone on the street and it's just a good time especially when it comes like homecoming weekend and stuff like that and a home of julian edelman too kent state's claim to fame is is, is julian edelman played qb there don't forget nick saban he came here too he played uh played defense for ken and uh antonio antonio gates he played basketball but he ended up going football so yeah we got a lot a lot of we got steve harvey batman went here uh kent state gun girl as you said and we got a lot of celebrities there we go just rattling them off the mount rushmore the other thing too like you, you mentioned like being within driving distance of all these cities i remember being on the bus like going you guys and just being like like i'm trying to like look at google maps like where is kent in ohio and i'm like looking i was like there's like way more cities in ohio than you like think off the top of your head right like you automatically think cleveland and then it's like columbus and then it's like oh wait cincinnati toledo like akron like people are sleeping on ohio yeah ohio's honestly like it kind of gets a bad rap on the internet but i love it here it's a great place the people are nice like there's a reason i decided to continue college here rather than moving away somewhere ohio might be like nickelback on the internet like people just like think it's fun to just 
disrespect them. But then you look and like Nickelback's got a lot of heaters. So you got to give it the the time of day. Yeah, exactly. Another thing too is like, and as an outsider, like I'm, I think I went to Ohio like one time growing up when I went to travel for the Phantoms and that was in Youngstown and Youngstown, Ohio is very different from the rest of Ohio. I would say Z, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know. I don't want to trash, uh, back hometown too much, but, uh, not the nicest area in Ohio. I have him on the sheet. We got to bring him up. But like, is Nick Peck the greatest thing to come out of Youngstown, Ohio? Honestly, he might be. I don't know. I don't know what else is th- that is good that's come out of there. Uh, maybe, maybe our new freshman uh, D man. He's from the same area as Beck. Maybe him. But oh no, Shay, you you got to be Beck's goalie partner for a year. Uh, his freshman year, like he made some ridiculous saves against us. I can only imagine what he makes on on a nightly basis. But like, I don't know if you, as a goalie partner, you had anything to say about him. Oh, he's a great guy. I love Beck. Uh, we were pretty close. I remember it was not, like sometimes with goalies, it's kind of weird. Just one net. There's two to three of you. Like my freshman year, uh, there were four goalies. And I remember for the first half of the year, the other freshman goalie like, wouldn't even sit next to me. Like he just wouldn't talk to me. It was like stuff like that. We ended up becoming friends. Shout out Nick Mizzen. But me and Beck, we knew each other already going into that season. We had the same goalie coach. We hit it off right away. He's a great guy. He was making terrific saves during practice too i'd see it and the guys were like oh yeah we got you know two good goalies here no nick's a guy like nick's a good goalie we're gonna be good this year and he definitely performed my freshman year he won team mvps for a reason so he definitely carried us his freshman year one thing too i had on the notes that, that we got to cover and you brought up oswego state earlier we, we got to talk about our guy jake friedman and this viral clip of him that like retrace the steps but I was like scrolling through TikTok and I don't know if he had posted it or if somebody on the team had posted it or if it was a kid on Oswego who posted it, but it was just like the clip. And I was like, oh, like this is kind of funny. Like maybe if there's like a day where I have nothing to post, like we'll just throw this up there and see what happens. And I, here I am like, oh, this like grainy clip's only going to get like 500 likes. Like we'll probably have to end up taking it down. And then like I check my phone an hour after posting, it's got like 5,000 likes. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And, you know, our coach, uh, Coach Timmons at Syracuse now, like he was at Oswego State when this happened. So he I, he texted me. He's like, where on earth did you find this clip? So, Z, I'll, I'll throw it over to you first. Like walk us through what you remember about this this incident. I was on the bench. So what happened first, you can't really see it in the video, but the Oswego kid um, stuck our defenseman in the nuts. The Oswego he, kid broke his stick, like spearing him in the nuts. Yeah, he broke his stick, spearing him in the nuts. So Jake Friedman, like, if you know the type of kid he is, he's super protective. Like, he's such a good teammate. That was his best buddy. And he just saw red. So, like, I'm on the bench and I just see him wind up, break his stick over the kid. Another kid comes in there to, like, beat his ass because that's what I would do if someone just did that to my teammate. And he just ducks and drops. And then the ref's already there because nothing can really develop from that. But, like, everyone on the bench is just like, what just happened? Like, our coach was like, just shaking his head like I I didn't know whether to laugh or like to be like pissed because it was kind of a close game like it was just one of the craziest things I've ever seen Shay what was uh what was the team group text like when when that clip made the rounds on the internet oh my gosh the boys were just losing their minds like those boys were viral and I still get messages to this day of like that clip like guys are like tagging me like yo is this you standing there i was like yeah like i saw the whole thing like firsthand i had a good seats to it yeah when it got posted again um and it went like that viral we were kind of in a little bit of hot water with our coach 
Because, you know, it's not it's not really the best look for the team. Yeah, we just uh, we're like, we have no idea how it got posted. But like, I think any publicity, like it's not all terrible, I guess. Was that the game Z that Frito also like fell into the post on purpose with nobody around just to get a whistle? It might have been. Yeah, like like Jake Friedman would be such a good guy for you guys to get on. Like he's probably the funniest kid that I've ever met in my entire life. Like the best teammate. Like that's why he was one of our other captains last year. He was on the ice for like a super long shift. Instead of like going off to change, he just falls into the post. Like on purpose. The most like ridiculous thing you'll ever see. What's crazy too is like there was no one even standing near him and like the ref didn't see like that he just knocked the net off. And I think that video made the rounds in the group chat more than like the the viral spear nut stick slash video. Just because it was like, I don't know, it was just like, you just found more humor in that. Well, now we got to go dig up that clip too. Now now we got to go find the the fallen into the post. I think it still gets sent. Like some, like on the, like the one year like thing of it, we all just send it into like in one of the chats from like my sophomore or freshman or junior. It doesn't matter. Like it ends up making a chat somehow. Um. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll dig through the phone and see if I can find it at all. I definitely still have it somewhere. So we'll see. Shay, I feel like while you're here, we have to ask, like, what's your connection with Elevate Hockey? It feels like every video I see of Swaggy P, like you're in the crease for it. Yeah. So actually, it was through my mom. She works at a company called Unifirst. It's like a cleaning supplies company. And when Elevate was first opening, they were a client and they were needing a goalie for like their college guys to shoot on or like their junior guys so i just started skating with them and filling in like during winter break whenever i was back and then when covid rolled around i was there like almost every day with them because they couldn't really do that much so like if a college guy was coming to skate i was there if tori mitchell and swaggy p wanted to just play three puck for two hours and like just have fun out there we would just play three puck for two hours and have fun sometimes we'll play two on two with like a couple other guys who work there i mean and those games get really intense like i've seen tori mitchell throw swaggy p like through the zamboni door like it's awesome with those guys they're absolute beauties now walk us through some of these videos that have gone viral of Swaggy P. He plays in the three ice league. Uh, he's got some viral clips from that as well. You're not the only goalie getting scored on, but like not like are these staged? Does he say like, hey, I'm going to try this move and then they start recording? Or are they like recording all the time? I hate to be the bearer of bad news to everyone, but unfortunately they are planned out. I remember I was one of the first, yeah, I was the first shooter tutor. I was the OG shooter tutor. That's one of my nicknames there. And he came up to me one day and was like, hey, how do you feel about Trick Shot Tuesday? And I was like, bet, love it. Like run it. Like I'll do whatever you want. I'll stand in there, like whatever. So there's usually a rotation of three of us. There's, we call him Big Sexy. That's Jacob. And then we got Nico, who actually just transferred the Rhode Island to play ACHA. And then there's me. So you know, we'll just stand there. We kind of, I mean, we know the move beforehand and I've got yelled at or stick to the the pad because I haven't like sold the move hard enough. So the most recent one that you saw at Sports Center or like Bar Down and ESPN, it actually, he pulled it off on the third attempt. I didn't like look like I was faked out enough. So we had to redo it. And sometimes I'll have fun with it. Like I'm flopping on my back and just rolling around in the crease. And I love reading the comments in these videos too. Like sometimes I'll reply to them unless like they're just really hateful. 
then like, I'll just leave it alone. But like, I love the people that are critiquing the goalie. Like, oh, he was so out of position there. Like, he should have done this. And I'll reply to it. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. The goalie like slid way too far. And they're like replying to me, not knowing I'm the guy in that. Or I'll reply to the video or the comment where, oh, he looked like a deer in headlights. I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I was like the move came out of nowhere. And like just nobody has picked up yet. It's me in these comments. Yeah, I mean, the, mo- the most recent one was nuts. Uh, of course, like you have your Kent State mask in it, too. Like you talked about it, it. It's even so it's gotten to the point where the Kent State account will sometimes retweet these. Yeah, I mean, they kind of went to bat a little bit when he did his like 360 one hand bar down snipe on me. Kent State retweeted it and said we might be a little biased but we think that's a high stick and i had a good chuckle and that was during covid so i was playing men's league with a lot of the guys from the ohio area like johnny butita like my former teammate and after every goal in the men's league game i'm just getting yelled at from my own bench hey why don't you put that one on instagram spanier is that one gonna make the trick shot too and it's just like oh boy and the guys in vermont know like I'm in the video. So when I walk in around, they're like, hey, I was getting violated by Swaggy P on Instagram today. It's just it's just jokes now. And it's for I mean, they're good guys. It's all for fun. But it's that it's yeah, the trick shots. I love seeing them online tagging me in them. And it's like, guys, I've already seen it. Like, yes, you're the fifth person today to send me this ESPN clip. Like, I get it. I got scored on. <laughs> you said that uh, Elevate's got some big news coming up, though. Dude, I'm actually this Saturday. I'm going to be in a commercial with them. From I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of the company yet, but it's a company everyone's heard of. So we're going to do a, com- a commercial with them. And you know, Elevate's already got always got something big going on. I mean, I got invited to go to Los Angeles with them, Washington D.C. with them. I've driven to Toronto with the UVM like Hockey East Finals with them because we did like some trick shot during intermission. I get to travel with these guys a lot if I'm around. And, they they love including me places and i was working from the summer too so they always hooking me up with some sweet gig or whatever that's unreal yeah they're good guys they're absolute beauty shout out tori shout out swaggy p shout out deputy denver dan over in boston right now shout out to all the boys love you guys shay you'd put in the notes that you had some memories from the covid year at the lake like what were you guys doing to stay busy yeah that was by far like my favorite time at kent so Hunter Hillebrecht, who was in Z's grade, had like this best friend from Roosevelt High School. He was like an actor. He was in like Brooklyn Nine-Nine as an extra, but he also did like commercials. But he had like this lake house that like froze over. Hunter would be like, yo, boys, like there's a lake we could skate on. We could all hang out. So throughout the week, maybe we get like eight guys, 10 guys, 12 guys. And then there were like two to three days where we had like the entire roster of our team plus like a couple of the new kids, plus like guys on D3. So we were playing like legit four on four matches with two nets, two goalies. And then the kid that was like the actor would put on like a referee jersey. And he was like the pseudo ref of the game while his dad was flipping burgers and making us like food. And we had like music blaring. We had some cold beverages out. And it was just like one of my favorite times. We had like some sick photos from it and there was an american flag randomly in like the middle of the lakes we all like took photos by it too and like we would just skate around it like because it was really cold and we're not gonna fall through and we ended up bumping them some some like ice fishermen we just started chopping up with them and like we're in i'm in full gear too so i'm just like hanging out with these ice fishing people in full gear yeah i remember seeing like the clip of you in full gear on the pond and just being like that is that is an all-time beauty move if you're the goalie and you're suiting up full gear in those freezing temperatures 
I'll always go full gear on the pond. I love it. I'm a much better goalie than I am player. I know it's not saying much, but I'm more used to the boys out there in the net than, you know, on the rush. So I I think I was able, because of me playing goal, the other goalie at the time, Ben, played goal as well. And you can just throw on like a couple long, long sleeve shirts and couple like long johns and you're good to go it's not too bad plus we had like the eye black going and i remember schwartzy uh he was walking out with the camera like filming so i ended up being able to pick up like a few clips from that and uh, i had my gopro too for a little bit so i was able to get some clips from that too to make that tiktok i will say just real quick i don't think i've ever met a kid that loves playing goalie more than shay like shay is a goalie thanks see yeah, I mean, you're the only goalie I'd ever known that would go out in the pond in full gear. So, like, that just shows it right there. Like, it's funny, too. When I have, like, a player stick in my hand, like, I my shot is such a muffin. But if I have a goalie stick in my hand, like, I have such a rocket of a shot. Too. Like, Z, you've seen it. Like, I can shoot the puck into the netting from center, like, into, like, the netting behind the net from center ice. Like, you've seen it in practice. I'm such a better, I'm such a better, uh, like puck handler too with like my goalie stuff. Like, um, you don't want me playing player. I'm like a C Adam House League level guy. We mentioned it a little bit, but like you guys have the unique opportunity. Kent State once was home to NCAA hockey. We talked about it earlier. You guys have a rink on campus, which a lot of schools, you know, don't have that that luxury. Z, like, walk us through like what are some of the amenities? Like, what's the locker room setup like? How cool is it to just be able to like walk to the rink on campus? Just having the rink on campus is such an advantage for like getting fans and stuff to games. Like outside of the NCAA sports at our school, like so like we always get a pretty good turnout, which is such a nice thing about having the rink on campus. And it's cool too playing hockey at Kent because like you walk around with like your Kent State backpack, and half the people know that it's technically club, but the other half like don't know. But even the people that do know just don't care. It's Kent State sports and they just want to support. It's like I would have people coming up to me in class like, hey, like I was at the game this weekend. dude. It was sick. Like watching you guys out there was so cool. And I remember when I did like the Kent State Instagram takeover my senior year, we went to go play Toledo. I just was getting DMs like, oh my gosh, like it was so much fun watching you guys. There's going to be more fights again and just stuff like that. Especially the last couple of years, we've done a lot better job like trying to get students involved with things like we have two student section leaders now. One of them actually got in a fight with a Robert Moore's dad last year, which was pretty crazy. Our games are so physical and intense, too, that people just enjoy watching them. Like, if you look at the teams in our league, almost every game's a bloodbath. And one thing that really helped us, too, was the increase of, like, social media with, like, our social media team that we got my senior year. Uh, that videographer, Burkhold Films, I don't know if he's back at camp, but he did a lot for us, too. And, like, towards the end of the year my senior year like it's definitely the entire second semester there was always like a videographer there there was a photographer there and correct me if i'm wrong z there was it was like standing room only the last like five games of our season especially that year like depending on the weekend and like what else is going on like usually we pull close to a thousand people honestly like we have guys lined up all behind the glass behind the nets we have our student section usually pretty full. A lot of that is because of the work that uh, Carolina Heister, our social media person, has put into it. Like she's done a great job promoting the team and growing our socials. Yeah, you mentioned like there, it's definitely like a, a different style of hockey in the Midwest. Like you just look at the schedule, like Rochester, Cleary, Mercyhurst, IUP, Eastern Michigan, like. Those are some gritty teams. The Oakland in the previous years, like it's big boy hockey out there. 
So our league too, like our refs aren't the best sometimes. Our games against IUP and John Carroll, like they'll let some things go and then it just all hell breaks loose. Like honestly, like when we play them, it's like World War Three. Like we hate each other super physical guys are just running kids like, the whole game it's crazy yeah speaking of that i remember my senior year when we played against oswego z do you remember this i got leveled like two or three times in the game and the ref would not call it. like my helmet came off my gloves were flying all over the place remember like i got hit in the corner like real bad i went to go play the puck and i ended up like throwing a body on it i'm like a kid I'd, and the end, i ended up playing juniors with that kid too i didn't even know until after the game but like i stopped the puck behind the net and i was just skating back into the net and like i just got slammed like just the guy just trucked me do you remember that z our refs just let everything go so like let the boys play i guess like whatever happens happens but it makes for some fun fun to watch hockey it's fun to play into so i noticed a relationship that you have with another club team on campus is with the men's lacrosse team z i saw that you guys did a little hockey versus lacrosse scrimmage last year you got to let us know how that one went yeah, so we had a lot of guys in our team like play lacrosse growing up and stuff and just chose to play hockey. And then like we were talking to Sweeney. He's also our head student section like leader guy. And he's the president of club lacrosse at Kent. So he was like talking to some of the guys. He's like, hey, like you should come out, try and play. Some guys were playing on the team and they're like, hey, let's get a game going between the two teams. So a lot of the guys on our team that have played lacrosse were like, oh yeah, like let's go for it. I've never played lacrosse in my life. So I kind of had no idea what I was doing out there. But uh, we actually ended up winning. I don't know if they had like they were trying that hard or they had all their starters or anything. But it was fun. It was a fun time. So you got to take a little more credit for that. Come on. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, they we were just a better lacrosse team than them. Come on. You got to up it there. Again, like some of their better players were the kids from our team that were playing for us that day instead of them. Yeah, they have a they have a few kids that are pretty nasty. We were talking about that in our locker room because we also like at Cuse like have a bunch of guys who played high school lax, and we always joked like, I wonder how good the club team is. Like, I wonder if we could give them a good game. And then we saw that you guys did that, and we were like, Oh, we we got to try to get that done. Yeah, it was definitely a fun event for sure, especially after the season. Another reason to get all the guys together. So and so last year, Shay, you spent a lot of time in the Fed with uh with Watertown. Like, how you got to? I mean, I feel like we're, we're almost fifty minutes into this. We haven't even brought up that you were in Watertown last year. Like, how did you end up there? And what are a couple of of uh, memories we'll call them from Watertown? I went to like some some skate in Chicago. And the coach was there and he really liked, he saw me skate before too, because I, I was training that summer in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He saw me skating and he really liked me. So they brought me on PTO and they thought me playing in Israel was really cool. So they had like a hundred questions about that. One of my favorite memories was our Columbus, Georgia road trip. So we drove from Watertown, New York down to Columbus, Georgia. And I remember we stopped halfway and we were at some grimy hotel. It was like a sleazy, I don't remember. I remember within 30 minutes of laying in the bed, I already found like two or three stains on the sheets. I got bit twice and I went to take a shower and every towel had a stain on it. So I was like, all right, so I guess I'll just use this hand towel here. And then the next day I walked out of the hotel, there were buckets of sand in front of each room. And I was confused about it until I looked into the buckets and I would see like cigarettes. I was like, oh, that's for your cigs to drop them in. But it was weird because then like the next hotel we stayed on Columbus, Georgia was like super nice and all that. And I found out that we actually tr made a trade for the hotels to save money. And then that's why on the way back, we got to stay at like some super nice Hilton. Wait, so, so somebody got traded for the hotel rooms? Yes. 
That's I was like, wait, I th- I think I heard that right. Like somebody got like, if you wanted to stay at a better hotel, you had to give up a guy. That's why we stayed at a nice, a night like a super nice hotel. Like we had no business staying there. It was because we made some trade and like I forgot the ex- the the exact trade, but like we ended up like sending the rights to someone. And then we got a player back with the hotel. It was something weird. I remember the owner was explaining it to me because I wasn't in the lineup that night. And he was just bragging about how he saved all this money. I'm like, dude, what? Like, it was just, it was the weekend itself was like, we got swept. We had fans screaming at us. Our coach tried to fight a fan. It was definitely like a fed moment that weekend. But yeah, there's, I have like a hundred stories like that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for, for joining us. I mean, we could do this for a whole nother hour. Z, I want to get your thoughts like heading in to the year like what are some things that you're looking forward to from from this group at kent state with so many young guys like it's definitely gonna we're gonna go through some growing pains this year we have 11 freshmen this year almost all of them played juniors like our youngest kid is a sophomore or he was 18 year old freshman last year the only kid on that young he was actually the uh kid in the uh the goal video that i don't really want to bring up um with a certain robert morris play because uh, i've seen that posted like a hundred times now and i don't want to see it anymore he's our youngest kid he's taking a bunch of steps up over the summer i expect a pretty big year out of him yeah like hopefully we fight for a league championship this year i don't think that's something that's ever been done at kent state like, we've never won a league playoff championship or anything like that It'd be a nice way to go out and end the career there you go. And Shay, we didn't get to it, so I want to let you close with it. Uh, you had a, a cool memory about senior night at Kent State, so I figured we could we could wrap up with that one. Yeah, it was against uh, Mercyhurst, won 5-1. to one. It was actually the first game my dad saw me play in six years in person. He came all the way from Vermont to watch. The last game he saw before that was my senior night at Rice for high school, so it was kind of cool. Uh, the, the funniest thing about that game was it was 5 nothing with a minute and a half left in the game, and then we took two penalties. So we were on a five on three and it was me and Nathaniel Schwartz, like my best friend, like for all four years. And the guy shot and went off his own, his stick and in that. So that was the last shot of my college career was off Schwartz and in. And then we go to Israel this summer together and I turn my MCL when he's there. So Schwartz is kind of like my bad luck charm right now. That's kind of like my final send off at Kent was that. So hopefully when I come back playing for Team Israel, it's a little bit better results than that. There we go. We're looking forward to that. Like we mentioned, Team Israel taking on Kent State Friday, September 8th, Saturday, September 9th. We're really looking forward to it. And thank you boys so much for hopping on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, Mary. Appreciate it. Once again, thank you, the boys at Kent State, for joining us. Shout out Shay and Z. Want to wish Z good luck in his, in his final season with Kent State, and Shay also good luck, you know, continuing on chasing the dream of pro hockey. So loved having those guys on. Awesome stories, and it's always good when I get to sit down and interview with guys that I had the chance to play against. It makes it a little bit, little bit easier, a little more stuff in common that we can talk about. So thanks again to those guys. You know, looking at headlines this week, we were talking about it just now, but. The Athletic, they sucker you in with those articles and those headlines, and they finally got me after all these years of the clickbait, the Bruins articles, the Syracuse articles, the NHL stuff. I'm not paying a dollar a month. I'm not paying a dollar a month. And then finally they got me because they did a piece on college hockey legend Steve Carell. And Peter Baugh wrote an article for The Athletic about Steve Carell's hockey career at Denison and interviewed a bunch of his former teammates. And Herm, as a resident Ohio Bobcat expert, were you aware that Steve Carell had graced his presence at Bird Arena? 
I was unaware that he had played at Bird. I think it's a, a long-running thing in the ACHA circle that Steve Carell was an ACHA guy. It gets posted like once a year. They'll post that clip of the office of Michael checking the, the character. I cannot remember his name for the life of me. Toby. Toby. Into the boards. Yeah, so I've, I've been aware of it. Had no idea that he played at Bird. I encourage everybody to go out there and spend the dollar on The Athletic and read the article, but we will give you a little sneak preview of, of what you can get. And so I, I took out a little snippet, and I'll read from there. So during his star of the game interview at Ohio, the Ohio broadcaster asked Carell how he ended up going to college in Granville, Ohio at Denison. The young hockey player fired off a self-deprecating response with the wit and timing that would one day make him famous. He replied, I didn't get into Bowdoin. Steve Carell, just like all of us, he he couldn't play D3 hockey, so he ended up going the club hockey route and ended up at Denison. But he was one of only two freshmen in the 80-81 season to make it through the season without injury, and Denison won its club league regular season title. Patton, who would do agility drills with Carell on the handball courts, called the freshman the backbone of the defense in his end-of-season summary. Sporting a beer and using a coho goalie stick, Carell was even better as a sophomore, making 305 saves across 29 periods played. His .866 save percentage might not sound great by NHL standards, but for club hockey, it was respectable. Patton wrote with some work, Carell could contend for the league's best goalie in the league the next year. But sophomore year turned out to be Carell's peak with the Big Red. He appeared in games as both a junior and senior, but he missed chunks of the seasons for other commitments. Those other commitments being the theater productions and what ultimately made Carell famous and, and kickstarted his acting career. But excellent work from Peter Baugh, the athletic. Highly worth checking out. Really cool story. And it's official. Steve Carell is the white whale of the hockey house. He's the next one. We got Coach Powers on. We got Daniel Walcott. We got Grinelli. We scratched, we clawed, and we got Grinelli on the pod. Next in line is Steve Carell because he's got some wonderful stories about club hockey that we just haven't tapped into yet. Steve Carell absolutely leapfrogs a certain ESPN announcer. A, a certain ESPN announcer got taken off the list a while ago for those of you who have been following along with the Hockey House pod. But let's go to our question of the week. And you might have to rewind and be like, why is Collins acting so weird in the beginning of the episode? It's because he was just hammering home one of the cliches. Herm came up with a question, but what makes your start of the season cliche bingo board for hockey players? So... Collins, I'll throw it over to you. What What is the cliche that you always go with? There's there's always two. One of them is also just kind of like an all year cliche. Uh, the first one is this is our year. Every first practice, every team meeting at the beginning of the season, you know, it's like this is our year. I mean, even see it at the NHL level, too. I remember like the only time I've seen it work was the Caps in 2018. It ended up working out, but I, I've never really seen it work beyond that. I think they were the ones who probably made it the most popular now and then this is the one that like you have it all year round it's the do it for the seniors win that extra puck battle you know get dirty in the corner get gritty in front of the net do it for the seniors being a senior now i appreciate it but also it's like i'm i still have like six months left i'm not leaving tomorrow but i do appreciate it Fitz, as a guy who, who didn't get his senior year, I'm sure you would have appreciated hearing do it for the seniors a couple of times. What's on your hockey cliche start of the season bingo board? The first one I got, it kind of goes along of the lines of this is our year when guys are just like you'll be telling you about their team and like, oh, yeah, we have so many guys coming back. And it's like, well, that's great. Like, what did you do last year? Um, so that's the first one. The second one is 
uh, more like individual wise where players themselves are like, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be so sick this year. And you look back at last year and they were like didn't like even really play and they were just soaking up water on the bench. I think the second one's even more funnier because there's a lot of kids that like think just because they lifted some weights over the summer that they're just going to come back and be like, you know, Bobby Orr of the ACHA. Herb, you were on the media side during college, so I'm sure you talked to plenty of players during this time of year to get some quotes and stuff for the the website and social media. Like, what's a cliche that you often hear this time of year? It's always, we've really got a really great group of guys this year. Every single interview, every single time we did this last year where we were like, give us your, like going into the season sort of things. I saw that so many times in our DMs. It was too much mine i don't know if it's as cliche uh more so just like maybe like things that people throw around this time of year and i was i'll put my hand up i was pretty guilty of this one too but like i'm gonna hit the weight room this year giving myself credit did hit the weight room until i had some injuries and was like you know what i got a bad shoulder right now i'm really not about to go to the gym i'm, I'm not gonna go do that i always try to remind guys like remember what you said in august and september because i do think it is really it's an exciting time because these thoughts are on everyone's mind remember the thoughts that you're having now when it's december and the season's not going well remember why you play remember why you do it and and that'll get you through the year and look forward to next year because Everybody thinks they got a great team right now. And and very quickly, we're going to find out that not everyone has that team that they thought they had. So it's an exciting time of year. Throw the cliches out there. Get pucks in deep. Get pucks on net. All the hockey cliches. Bundle them up and get ready for another great year of hockey. And, and we're very excited for this one as well. But time to pick up the puck. Zamboni's coming out here. Herm, you did an awesome job helping out with the notes this week, but we got plenty of funny submissions as well. So I'll throw it over to you to start picking up the pucks. We had one from Ava Daddario, who just said Red Wing stats when we were asking about things to talk about on the podcast. So here's a fun fact. Pavel Datsuk has zero points in the ACHA. I like how you said has. Like, there's still a chance that he might come and get a point in the ACHA. Collins, while we have you and the Wi-Fi is hanging in there at the hockey house, what's your picking up pucks for the week? Can you repeat? You you cut out. My Wi-Fi is so bad here. I got to get, like, a something. I was going to – my question was, while we have you and the Wi-Fi is hanging in there, what's your picking up pucks this week? So, <laughs> I've got I've got two this week. I originally wanted to to call a shot, but uh, we'll just do it here. I wouldn't be surprised to see Villanova in St. Louis this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see two Villanova teams in St. Louis this year. This is going to be the year that since 2015, that the Ice Cats will make their return to nationals. Uh, I mean, we have a really talented group of players. I mean, I mentioned it earlier. Those were all rookies where those teams are coming from. I I may kick myself in the teeth if it doesn't, but I want to be optimistic. The team is looking good. I, I would love to go as a team this year. Second thing, I never want to hear Believer by Imagine Dragons ever again. It's already a horrible song to begin with. Today, I had an assignment for my film production class. Somehow, my professor has access to all the raw footage from the Believer music video shoot. She had us recreate the music video without seeing it and make our own version. Uh, Herm saw the timeline. I spent probably a good five hours editing that video today and i never want to hear that song again it's so cliche and just corny now i have it stuck in my head well collins i have very good news for you and normally i wouldn't do this i would just save it for next week but 
You play till the final whistle, play till the final horn. I got a screenshot. This is semi-breaking news because normally we put out a graphic for this, but I just haven't gotten to it yet. Starting this season in ACHA Division One, 24 teams will qualify for the national tournament. So the Ice Cats could get in. Uh, I was talking with Z before we hit record on the episode, and he said, hey, Murph, have you seen this? What's the deal with 24 teams? How does the auto bid work? I said, guys, I had heard about this, but I didn't know anything was confirmed. He sends me a screenshot of the rule book, the rule book that they sent out to every team before the start of the year. And there it is, 24 teams from ACHA Division I men's going to nationals this year. So the bracket's getting even bigger. More teams are going to have the opportunity to go to St. Louis, and it's going to be pretty exciting. Is this publicly anywhere right now? It's whoever has the rule book. I'll send over the screenshot as soon as we're done recording here. But I, I had heard talk about this, and then I got the screenshot. So we'll have to get people's takes on that later this week. But that's looking good for the Ice Cats. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that. Odds are even better now. I wonder how it's going to work, though. So is it going to be, what, 18 bids uh, or regular like ranking bids and then six conferences, right? Or is it? It depends every year on like who wins what conference. And you always he always had to be in the top 15 to be safe. I know Utah was like the last team out at 18 this year. So we'll see how it goes. But Fitzy, I Mm -hmm. want to give you a couple thoughts before we close it out. Yeah, I was just going to bring it back to the guys from the start, the uh, two goalies from this past weekend from Rochester and Weber State. They both um, saw my hockey house hat. They both own a hat as well. They just said to let you guys know and that what we're doing has just put the, you know, all of ACHA on the map. What they were saying, it was so cool to hear uh, in person. It was our whole goal when we set out was to uh, to change the stigma and to hear it from these guys. It was really cool. And, and one thing the, the guy from Weaver State said it was hilarious was, uh, was like, yeah, I'm going out to parties and these girls don't know who I am and they don't even know that we have a, a hockey team at the school, but they know Hockey House and they follow your guys' Instagram. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, but it's so cool to hear that. That's unbelievable. I knew there was a reason we posted so much Weber State content. It's for that kind of story right there. So on that note, as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all the support. Be sure to follow us on the socials at Hockey House Pod, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We'll see you next week. See you, boys.